Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to Inverse. My name is Justin Kim, and we are looking at the ARC topic of God First. We want to encourage you to go to hopetv.org slash inverse, where you can look at the back episodes on different narratives of the giver and giving and about stewardship. And in the studio with me around this round, beautiful table is Siku and Israel. Hey, guys. Hey. And to my left and to your right is Callie. Hey. Hi. Hey. And I just want to say, it's just it's, we're, we're changing different things around here. We got a new set, we got a new new toys, and a new format, <laughs> and a new seat. I just like being here, but it is it is it is we're reshuffling the deck here, so it's uh, it's a little uh, we have to adapt to this. So we're gonna have a word of prayer, Callie, if you can pray for us. Yeah, absolutely. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the gift of your word, and I ask that as we study it right now, that you'd guide us by your Holy Spirit. Please help us to see clearly the different lessons you've put into these stories for us. Amen. And may we love Jesus more and see him more clearly because of the time we spend here. We ask and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews mm-hmm. chapter 11, verse uh, 8 and onwards. And we want to encourage you to co- also go to inversebible.org where you can actually download the Bible study guide and, and study with us. And we can be an extension of your conversation in whatever small group or whatever uh, Bible study group that you're in. Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. And Israel, can you read that for us until you get tired? All right. <laughs> By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. Skip down to verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that their, and truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would, they would have had the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to, call, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Okay, I'll read verse 17 and 18. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Uh, we're looking at different vignettes, different narratives on giving, and it's kind of like when you see a diamond that's, that's like shiny, and you see all the little like you know the the when the light hits it and refracts in different ways, and, mm-hmm. and then it was like each narrative is like well like one little, <laughs> and so we're like looking at at least in this quarter twelve or eleven. Wongs. Wongs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, and, and then we get to see kind of a composite picture on this God who gives and then the people who, who give. And, and why giving is not just donor giving mm-hmm. or kind of like you need to give to be saved, uh, which is totally not the case. 
uh, but it's just a natural reaction, natural, natural, and outgrowth of, of who you are. So, Siku, um, give us a little. What, 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 what wongs have we done thus far? Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. uh, we're so in a, what week? We're in the fourth one, I think. Four, yeah, mm -hmm. um, we did God first mm -hmm. as a given, and then we talked about Abel mm -hmm. um, as a given, and then we talked about Noah, mm -hmm. um, and today Abraham. Mm -hmm. What was what was key in each one of, the, in, of them that we try to, try to tease out? Um, from what I recall, God is the giver, mm -hmm. so he is the foundation of all giving. Yeah. And then, um, who was next? Abel. Mm. Um, it was about the motivation, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then the directionality of the giving. You mm -hmm. give because God gave. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Noah, that it was um, a, a holistic giving. Like mm -hmm. he gave of all of who he was. Yeah, his whole life. Yeah. yeah, all yeah. Of who he was. Oh, that's great. And you, were you in all those episodes? You no, I wasn't. Oh, that's, that's good. But that I actually good. watch Inverse. Yeah, that's well, <laughs> 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 awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so let's look at Hebrews 11 and we're going to look at the character of Abraham. And uh, let's let's start off. Like, what uh, Israel give us a little synopsis of Abraham's life, and and what did he give? What what was his whole stewardship life about? Probably, and from my perspective, the very first thing that he gives God is that he offers him his obedience. Mm. It says, "By faith, Abraham." In verse eight, by faith, chapter Abraham, eleven yeah. of Hebrews eight. Yeah. Okay. It says, "By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance, mm -hmm. and he went out not knowing whether he was what." where he was going. Mm -hmm. So I think it's not just the gift of obedience, but it's the gift of obedience under obscure circumstances. Mm -hmm. It's the gift of obedience when you don't know what's going to happen. It's the gift of obedience in the midst of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that's important to point out is because many times we obey God or we feel comfortable obeying God when we can already predict the outcome of that obedience. Mm -hmm. But here, when you're essentially, when Abraham is giving his obedience to God, when he's giving that as a gift to him, he's essentially giving a part of himself. He's giving full trust, right? Obedience is a result of trust that he has. So he's giving God his full, total, and complete trust. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, that's, that's really what struck me on the obedience of Abraham. Um, that. I think shows up more so than in Noah's story. Because for Noah, you know, there's going to be a flood. You have to build an ark so that you can survive this flood that's coming. Mm -hmm. But for Abraham, he's leaving security. He's leaving uh, the comfort of people who know him. He's leaving um, familiar cues. He's leaving a life that he has built up. Mm -hmm. he, he's leaving familiarity and comfort and even things that you would consider to be good. He's not leaving all bad things behind, mm -hmm. but he's leaving all of that for something he doesn't know, right? The only thing that he does know is the one who is calling him to leave. Mm -hmm. And so what, what he's leaving for is the God who is calling him, not for the thing that lies ahead of him. Mm -hmm. you know? So that, that's really what struck it's me. It's rooted in the, in the relationship itself. Right, that, right, mm -hmm. right. Not for the actual outcome or the results or, mm -hmm. or whatnot. Yeah. And, and, and what's crazy about the, the life of Abraham, specifically here in verse 8, is the fact that the promises that he's going to receive Right. That Abraham's going to receive. That Abraham's going to receive. He's going to receive as an inheritance the land that he's wandering in, mm -hmm. in tents with his sons Isaac and Jacob, who themselves are supposed to be the inher the inheritors of that, of or heirs of of that promise. And so, it's crazy because God is offering him a gift. That's what he's saying. He's responding to God as a gift. Mm -hmm. God is saying, "I'm going to give you this land," but even though God has promised him that he's going to receive a gift, actually. It looks as though, from an outward perspective, it looks like Abraham is the one that is giving, mm. right? He's giving himself to God. And so 
what that tells us is that, the, and the reason why Abraham, you know, rightly has this title as the faithful giver is because he's giving to God even though God has promised to be giving to him, mm. right? So he's essentially acting or he's living out this life of, of, uh, of faith, right? Mm -hmm. He's living out this life of faith where God says, I'm going to give you this great land. And then in response, instead of receiving it or instead of claiming it, he says, no, I'm going to give you everything that I am or everything or all of who I am, right, to God. And so faith here looks like something, it, you're acting on something that you clearly cannot see, an outcome that you clearly cannot predict. And that's the greatest kind of faith. It's really, it's really faithfulness, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I like about Abraham's life is with all these promises that God has given and he's faithful to all that stuff, but with his, like, his vertical relationship, he's like super tight. And that um, essentially starts, not starts, but that becomes the basis for all his horizontal relationships. Yeah. So that like, hey, Abraham, I'm going to give you all this land. And then when he's having that tiff with his uh, nephew Lot, and he, he's not like, hey, God has promised me land, so, so butt out. I mean, he, he, that graciousness that he's received, he reciprocates to his, his, his nephew. Yeah. It's like, hey, and, and hey, why don't you choose whatever you want, you know? Yeah. And, and that it's, 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 he had that God experience first, and that derives his social ethic. Yeah. Yeah. I also see it as being a big basis of Abraham's security. Mm. Like he didn't feel insecure, like Lot was going to steal it, yes. or right, like right. I'm just right. like, oh, maybe I won't. Maybe I won't have this huge inheritance. Maybe I won't have all these children as numerous as the stars if you take that land. And yeah. I, I think about right now, like, but at that point, Abraham still didn't have all those things. Mm -hmm. It was still a promise. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm secure because I got it now. Mm -hmm. It's like you're secure because you just believe God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I see that right now in my life because I'm not financially where I'd like to be and it stresses me out. <laughs> and so at the same time, God has very clearly laid on me and my husband's hearts to give certain amounts. And I'm like, God, I'm happy to do that later. Like as soon as you establish <laughs> this level of financial security, I am happy to do that. Mm -hmm. But what makes it difficult and what I think makes it an act of faith is that we're doing it right now. Um, and I just see that that example in Abraham. And I, I don't see him, I mean, I'm sure he struggled like any human does, but it's not like, he's like, oh, okay, like I'll make myself do this. He just, he has so much peace in his relationship with God and what God will do for him. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what can give so much more peace than no matter how much land or how many children or how much money you have. Um, there's a verse in Psalms or Proverbs that says like, if, if riches increase, do not set your heart in them. Mm -hmm. And I see Abraham really doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, let's uh, let's go to Genesis and let's go to the actual the narratives there. Um, the one that I'm thinking of is in Genesis 13, uh, where we look at Lot. I just think Lot is a very interesting character study. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it says that in verse, and this is this is the episode where uh, Lot's people and Abraham's people are are not are not jiving really well. <laughs> uh, so verse eight. Uh, Genesis chapter 13, verse 8. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren, and I'm your uncle. Uh, <laughs> is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you'll take the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if you take the right, then I'll go to the left. It's very interesting, verse 10. And then Lot lifted his eyes and saw the plain of Jordan and saw and that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go to Zor. And then in verse 12, it says that Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. Mm -hmm. So even though he was still within that, within God's 
will. You kind of seen his leaning, like he's totally like you know leaning towards mm -hmm. uh, one side. And then if you skip down all the way to chapter 14, 14 verse 12, the Bible says they took Lot, Abraham's brother, brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, mm -hmm. and his goods, and departed. So you see that Abraham had a very uh, God-first uh, mental yeah. focus mm -hmm. and the mindset. And then Lot had prophet first, mm -hmm. and even though he was within, you know, God's, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but God's world, God's 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 family, land. God's <laughs> land, <laughs> God's tent, God's yeah. But he was just kind of like just this edging, and eventually, wherever you lean towards is where you're going to be. Yeah. And so, you know, what what can we say to those people who they have they have trajectorial leanings towards not heaven or not godly things. Mm -hmm. what, how, how, what is a great diagnostic? Maybe you guys are watching out there and you're saying like, oh, I've been in the church for a long time and I'm, I'm in the good. But you do have the way that we, we spend our time, our weekends, the way, you know, our money or, or, or lack thereof <laughs> uh, or whatever. Like we have these leanings. How do we make God first? How do we tighten that up and not become prophet first like, mm. like a lot? See, like I, when I think of Abraham, I mean, Abraham was so wealthy yeah. that he and Lot couldn't live in the same area anymore. Yeah. So God was blessing them financially. Oh, okay, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So God doesn't have a problem with wealth. God doesn't have a problem with people mm -hmm. having money. He doesn't want you to be poor. <laughs> this is not like, oh, in order to be holy, you gotta be poor. You know, mm -hmm. this is not how God operates, right? Mm -hmm. But the difference between Lot and Abraham, it would seem that Abraham's focus was on, on, on God, mm -hmm. right? on God who is the one who gives, mm. whereas Lot's focus was on the gifts that God gives, right? Mm. Um, and that orientation makes all the difference in how we conduct ourselves. So in this case, when their goods increased to the point that they could not um, safely dwell in the same area, yeah. Abraham's offer was for Lot, who was his junior, to yeah. make the choice, which really should have been his as the elder. Mm -hmm. um, so you see that condescension, so to speak, on Abraham's part, you know, even though the posture of his of his, you know, offer to his nephew was was different, yeah. you know, because his posture towards God was different. Mm. And so when it comes to like managing our wealth, our finances, our, you know, our life, whether we have wealth of time or wealth of money, you know, whatever we have, um, the posture that we have towards God is going to influence the way that we relate to the government in returning in, you know, in filing our taxes, <laughs> in the way that we relate to, yeah. to, you know, to the poor, you know, when we meet them on the street mm -hmm. and they need something from us. Mm -hmm. It impacts the way that we relate to fellow humanity based on what our posture is towards God um, as the one who yeah, gives what you're gifts. saying, I just have to underscore, is like, are you focusing on the giver or his gifts, mm -hmm. right? And there's a lot, I mean, there's so many, even my life, like we focus on God's gifts, like what are you gonna give me? And that, that is the motivation of which we get to the giver, mm -hmm. not going to the giver and then just gifts being a side benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Israel and then Cal. Yeah, I think the, the answer from my perspective to your original question, how do we, how do we resolve this in our yeah. minds? I think giving is the answer that God gives us to avoid selfishness. Mm. Uh, and, and it's funny because uh, for me, for, you know, when we're never going to have enough money, mm. you know, in order to be satisfied mm -hmm. with it. Um, and I remember, you know, right when, when, when I got married and I got my first job, we made a commitment. We're going to give 10% of our uh, money back to God as a testament to the fact that he takes care of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the whole principle of tithing, right? Mm -hmm. You return to God 
that one tenth, which is generous of him to just take one tenth and then we live off the 90, mm -hmm. with the assurance that he will make sure that that 90% does mm -hmm. goes above and beyond what the 100% does, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was very comfortable with myself in that because I'm like, I, I return to God a faithful tithe every single time I get a paycheck. I give him 10%, right? I give, I give it back to him. I give it back to him. And then I started realizing that actually the greatest benefit is to me, not to God, right? Like God can do without my 10%. I'm not yeah. saving the world with my 10%. I mean, we have a cynical perspective. Yeah. Oh, this is the church. They're going to use it. Or, or this, my, my money is going to help at the mission field or yeah. the whatever. But it's it's our, the loss is, is our benefit, yeah. you're saying. Always, it always is. In and terms of character. Yes. Well, because that, what that did to me was it, that it, it, it showed me how difficult it is for me to even give a little bit of what I have back to God, even though it all belongs <laughs> to Him. So it's like God gives me everything, and He says, I just want a little piece, and I realize how selfish my heart is that I even have a hard time returning that. Mm. So The 10%. Yeah, the 10%. And so early on, when I, when I recognized that in my own personal life, I said, you know what? I need to aggressively work against this selfishness in my life. Mm. And so we upped it, you know, to 15%, where we give some to... to to world missions and to offering people who are living crazy lives as missionaries, like way worse than we do than we have. We're trying to support them. And what 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 really blew my mind is every time we do our taxes and we look at our financial picture, we kind of see how much are we giving and how did how did the year turn out? I started realizing actually the benefits continue to increase. Like I realized there's nothing that I've suffered from. There's I I've I haven't lived in want. Mm. And so Someone preached a sermon once that really impacted me, and they said, you should try to see if you can increase the amount you give every year, live mm. less and less and less off your income. Mm. And so we started doing that. We started doing that more and more and more. And I was, there, there was a complete overwhelming satisfaction when one year we gave, and it was 26% of our income, and I was like so proud of myself, right? Like 20. There's people out there that are giving a lot more. Oh, I'm so selfless. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm like, so, my character but, is but, so yeah. humble. But but what what really what really impacted me of that was the satisfaction that I had in being able to give, yeah. and in knowing that that small quote unquote sacrifice, what I felt was a sacrifice to me, actually allowed me to be part of a much larger movement, a mm -hmm. much larger. Uh, a source of blessing to the world, right? I mean, I'm able to contribute to the world because of a small seeming sacrifice to me. Mm -hmm. And I've realized more and more that as I see that, God always gives more to me than I deserve, mm -hmm. right? He always gives more than we deserve. And, and this has taught me not only how selfish my human heart is, because I say this not because I'm proud of myself, I should be able to give more and more and more than, than I'm already giving. But I'm saying that to, 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 to point out the fact that God did not give 20%. Mm -hmm. He did not give 50%. Mm -hmm. He did not give 90%. He gave 100%. He mm -hmm. gave the, all, of all that he had. He gave in, in his son, Jesus Christ. And, and giving is the, 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 the pill that he gives for the illness of selfishness. Mm -hmm. It's the way by which we become more like him, mm -hmm. right? More and more and, selfless. And two goods result out of where where one was a, was a neg out of the out of a negative. Uh, I think you know what underlines your comment is that we don't we often don't know how uh, dangerous and how evil really selfishness is. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's just become so part of it's the basis for funda uh, fundamental part of capitalism in our economy mm -hmm. today that we need mm -hmm. it. And we just and God is against that yeah. fundamentally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
When you asked the question earlier about how to counteract that leaning mm. towards something that doesn't belong to us, yeah. is I think you know God has made these lines in the sand, right? Like where He asks for tithe and He encourages offering, and there's other things like don't depend on money and love God more than the world and those things. And if we see those lines in the sand, we can see them, I think, one of two ways. One is we can see them as obstacles mm. to our happiness, or we can see them as boundaries for our good. Mm. And so seeing them, if if Sodom was in Lot's mind, like, that's the fun place over there. So I'm leaning, and I'm trying to lean past this obstacle, which is the line in the sand. And I see this as, it's like a little kid trying to get to like the cookies across the gate, because they can barely walk, you know? They're like, that's where happiness is, but I'm stuck over here. <laughs> Versus if you see it like, well, you know, I mean, I know a five-year-old's not gonna think this way, but like, that's a boundary for my good. Like, because I will get that cookie later <laughs> when my mother gives it to me. Um, if your mother when I turn 16. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. 21. <laughs> and so I've, I've just seen this in, in my own life where um, David and I, so yeah, we, we return tithes, but also we give a certain percentage to offering and another category we just called for others. Mm. Where it's like, this just needs to help somebody. Yeah. It can help somebody go to school. It can help somebody, you can buy them some shoes. Like it can just do anything for others. And what's so wonderful is at the beginning of the month, it, it was hard for a while because I'm like, yeah, put that in that category, but like, it's not really in that category. Mm -hmm. But now it's, it's as automatic as tithe. Yeah. And so now when David's like, oh, hey, this person needs like $400, I'm like, yeah. We already partitioned it. Like it doesn't hurt because <laughs> it doesn't belong to me anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just as like, yeah, I'm a steward. And so that is a boundary for good versus, oh, we want to help that person, but we don't really have money for that. Okay, we can move the things around and it becomes this whole affair, but now that it's already been partitioned, it, yeah, becomes a boundary for good. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we just saw, even just what Israel's saying, like we are blessed by doing it, it's not like I'm going to use those, that money way better for myself anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'll probably use it on something very silly, to mm -hmm. be honest Cookies. with you. Mm -hmm. Cookies, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I think if we just trusted God that his, his lines in the sand are boundaries for good and not obstacles to our happiness, I think that would just help us trust him a lot more. We frame a lot of our lives that way. That would make us bring yeah. a lot of happiness. Uh, both of you are referencing tithe a lot. Let's go to the the, the passage where where Abraham does give tithe, mm -hmm. and we can mine out some some things there. Let's go to Genesis chapter 14, 14 verses. Was it 18, 18. onwards? Yeah. Siku, can you read us from 18 sure. to 24? All right. Mm -hmm. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the God, of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich, except only <laughs> what the young men have eaten, and the portion of the men who went with me, Anner, Eskol, and Mamre. Let them take their portion. Okay, thanks, Yiku. What can we mine from uh, this tithe thing? This thing is uh, one, one of the earlier times in the Bible, a tithe is mentioned. Was Abraham faithful because he paid tithe, or was he uh, faithful the whole time? I mean, like, what, 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 is, what does tithe and faithfulness have to well, do? Well, I think he gave tithe because he was faithful. Mm -hmm. he, Abraham realized his riches did not come from himself, mm -hmm. but his riches came from God. And when, when in that, real, that realization lived in 
every aspect of his life. It lived in, out in this, in this aspect where he returned tithe. It also lived out in the aspect of Lot. Like, go ahead and choose. Like, nothing you can do is going to prevent. Like, God's gift is, I can ca the check is written. I can mm -hmm. cash it, and it will not fail. No mm -hmm. matter what you do, whether you take the land, whether I return a tithe, later on, whether I give my son up mm -hmm. and I sacrifice him. And so Abraham was faithful or he gave tithe because he was faithful. Mm -hmm. That's why he did it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the textual evidence of that in verse 19 and verse 22, a phrase that's repeated, possessor of heaven and earth. Mm. God most high possessor of heaven and earth. Mm. That recognizing that God is the one who possesses all things. So I got no need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and if, if I am aligning myself with God and his plan for my life and he possesses everything, then why would I be stressed about anything really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes you think that as Christians that if you do are anxious about these little things and if you are a little petty over like, give, give me my penny back and all these things, what does that reflect about the, the ownership of your father? It's, you know, he must not have that much and, and that's, a, that's a bad witness that happens. And, and, and just to add that um, Abraham, the, the, the kings who went with him, they said, this is rightfully yours. Mm. And he turned it they down, said, no, yep, yeah, because yep. he wanted to make sure that well, for himself and for everybody else, that you know that it's God who has made me rich, right? Mm -hmm. He said, I want you to turn around and be like, oh, I did this for you, mm -hmm. right? So you know that God is the one who has increased me in wealth. Mm -hmm. So I know that God is the one who has done this. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that realizing that God is the one who has given whatever gifts that we possess. But in that, there's an element of self-denial, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So he denied himself that was, quote, his right. Like he had a right to those possessions, but he denied himself of those things because his view was to something greater and his, his view was to God, really. Now you guys to talk about self-denial a bit, but let me ask like, can you, can you just take this tithe to set it apart and like, like you have, and then hey, I'll just give this to, I'll give my tithe to whatever need there is out there, to the widow or to you know, the orphan or to you know, whatever who's knocking on my door. Why, why does he have to go search out this dude named Melchizedek, which is a weird name, <laughs> and then the king of Salem, the priest of the Most High, like, why does tithe have to go back to God specifically? It's a good question. It's a good question. Because <laughs> God requested that. God has requested that the tithe be returned. Mm. You know, we give to God. The reason why we give God the tithe versus the offering are two different reasons. We mm. return tithe to God as an acknowledgement that everything that we have is His. Mm -hmm. The widow did not give us the money mm -hmm. that made us wealthy, mm. right? The, per the person, uh, the missionary did not give us the money to make us wealthy. Mm -hmm. The purpose of tithing, returning a tithe is to say, God gave me everything that I have, number one. And number two, God sustains me with the remainder that I have left. Mm. So the, the blessing is double. Yeah, so the widow is not who's sustaining me. This is an acknowledgement between me and God because God is possessor mm -hmm. of heaven and earth and he is my sustainer, I give him my tithe. Mm -hmm. Offering has to do with something completely different. It has to do with my response to the goodness of God. In addition to that, I find faith to, I find tithe to be such an act of faith mm. because I can maybe see someone, I'm like, I'm giving you money. You're going to say, thank you. Oh, I feel good about myself. And like, this is just a very, it's a more immediate gratification for mm. lack of a better mm. term. Mm -hmm. But tithe is like, that just goes back to God and he does whatever he does with it. So mm -hmm. even then it's just more faith is involved. Yeah, the, uh, the picture that's emerging for me is that uh, complete security in God. 
complete mm -hmm. security in terms of resources, in terms of ownership, in terms of need, to have this in our hearts. And from that point on, that the faithfulness is what just is expressed in all different ways, whether it's through Lot, whether it's through Isaac, whether it's through, through Melchizedek. Um, my, my prayer for all of us and hopefully for all of you out there is to be as faithful as Abraham was and to find the Melchizedek of your life and to give back to, uh, to, back to the Lord. Uh, we want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and uh, study up on this concept of giving and on the giver on God first. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is inverse.